Let me bang you. I do let you bang. Let me bang you, Jesus. I let you bang. I let you bang. Greetings, Mary's and Virgins. Go for Jesus. No forget Jesus, people. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfucker. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again for your favorite mixed martial arts podcast. Recording out of Los Angeles, California, it's MMA Roasted with Adam Hunter. Who the fuck is that guy? Hey, welcome to the MMA Roasted podcast. Me, Adam Hunter. I am in the show in Cozumel working on a a cruise so hopefully this works i don't know if this will work the wi-fi will hold up can't be any worse than don's wi-fi don how are you man good i see you i hear you uh, is it, you have such a rough life being tortured being cozumel with wi-fi oh i'm so sorry for you uh, god i feel so bad you know your, your life is such a bitch dude cruises, uh, would, cruises would be great if you didn't if i have to actually like be in the ocean like the problem is, is like, like the shows are great and the beaches are great, but just being stuck on the boat sometimes is, is like, uh, and away from my oh, daughter, yeah. away from my kids. Yeah. I mean, how, how yeah. hard was it for you to be away from your kids when you fought? Oh, it sucked. It sucked. I, well, I was gone every fucking day. Gone every fucking day. You were, you were gone every day. You, you, you uh, huh? You were gone every day. What's that? You were gone every day. Yeah, I, I was training every day. Yeah, uh, eight, ten hours a day. You know, and then and then when you're home, you're right not home because you're studying fight films. You know, but and even, you're even, or you're sleeping or you're eating. You know, I mean, it's just. But even when you were in Japan, right? Like when you were. That? In, but when you went over to uh, Japan, yeah. how how long were those uh, trips for? Um, those weren't that bad. Depending on the fight, you know, um, like uh, the Ken Shamrock fight or the uh, or the Takayama fight, you know, because I was getting ready for um, Coleman, you know. So I was I went over to Hawaii and trained there, you know. So I get halfway there because those are such, such terrible opponents, you know. Yeah. The value of the, the, the magnitude of those guys. They were just they were just such powerful individuals, you know, Ken and Mark. You you, you couldn't take them like a like an ordinary fight. Even though, even though in pride there were no ordinary fights, every fight could have been amazing. Well, that's the thing. It's like, who did you have to bring yeah, into your camp? On another, on, a, right. on another show. Got it, uh, Greg. Uh, I had, I had my rogue, my guys. Um, I had Sam Sotelo. I had Randy Martinez, Rich Moreno. You know. I, I was full of Mexicans, man. <laughs> Mexican, my Mexican American uh, compadres, you know. And then, yeah. you know, I had, had Jeff. He was a white boy, you know. Uh, but my Mexican crew, they stuck with me for the most part. Um, 
for 20 years, you know, shit, they were solid. And, uh, I mean, you talk about La Familia, you know, they, they were my family. You know, those guys were Rich and Sam and Rainey, you know, and Steve Owen, you know, he was my, my corner man trainer. And, um, you know, those guys are solid. They're just uh, solid. So, so, Greg, I'm in Mexico. I'm at a restaurant right now trying to do this podcast. How's the Wi-Fi coming in? So far, so good. You sound okay, good. Cool. You look good. So, Looks okay, like it's so totally it, behind you. So, right. So, so we're on a cruise? Is that what's yeah, going yeah. on? Yeah, I'm working on a cruise. My last couple of weeks have Your been... Your Wi-Fi. Yeah, I, I think so, so it is Don's Wi-Fi, right? Is it is it Don's or mine? So far, Don seems fine to me too. So far, oh, mine's good. all reading pretty good. So maybe it's yours. Uh, you know, isn't downloading great, but you're uploading just fine. Good, good, good. Okay, so here's the deal. Blame me. Blame me. Blame blame the white guy. Not, not going to do it. You're guy. not the victim here, Don. Not a chance. Yeah. You're fine. You're fine. What what happened? Wait, what happened to white power? Where did that go? Uh, oh, I go from God. white power to God. white you guy. You know. How, Don, you know, you're amazing, Don. Only you can go from, that's my familia, those Latinos. That's my <laughs> what happened to white power? I don't know. Maybe you mentioned white power, and then they all fucking <laughs> Okay, so they just for the record, left. this record, this podcast. They all shot over. a cap off. This podcast everyone having power, equal power, no matter what race you are or color. Okay, just for the record, uh, Don is joking. All right, now let's talk about the fights first. We go over the fights that happened last week. Yeah, and if you people don't know what Don is joking, fuck off. Okay, you're too <laughs> stupid to understand life. You, you really, you'll, you'll never make it in life because you're dumb. <laughs> Listen, Don knows I'm Mexican and he and I get it. He is so nice and so genuine. He came to my shows in Tucson. We hung out afterwards. He gave me a lift back to the hotel. I love Don Fry. He took you to a clan rally. It was a, he's he a exactly. Nice <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, we made a few stops. We made a few stops. We had to get it. Introducing <laughs> some good, solid citizens. Man. So, so anyway, so then he dropped me off with a militia and I had to find my way home. That's just what happened. Yeah. So as far as I've had a crazy, I've had a crazy couple last couple of weeks, which I will talk about, but I want to make sure since we get to a decent Wi-Fi, we go over the fights first and then we'll go over that kind of stuff. So the Usman fight, uh, I couldn't watch it till the end because I'm on this, this cruise. So it was like, I was like very, very spotty, the Wi-Fi, it was coming in and out. And I just, after the second round, I just gave up. I'm like, oh, Usman's got this, uh, which I'm an idiot for, because like I could, I, could, I literally couldn't watch it. I mean, it shows you why MMA is the greatest sport ever, because if you're down 30 to nothing in, 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 a, in a football game or something, you can't throw a 31, you know, t- touchdown. Yeah, you know, sure. There's back. no 31 point touchdown. You're right. You're right uh, about that. Or, or basketball or baseball. And I thought that Leon Edwards, people were asking who's going to win this fight. Look, I'm, I'm a fan of Usman, but he was a lot nicer. He was a lot more approachable before he became champ. You could see even in our DMs, like, hey, he was DM me. Let's do some stuff together, blah, blah, blah. And then he became sort of this guy that was like untouchable, you know? So maybe he was believing his own hype a little bit. And a couple things during that fight kind of hey, let me let me let me defend him. We all do that. We all do that <laughs> when we get there. Okay. No, I think this is a valid point. Thank you, Don. I think that's you know this thing, you're you're only human. Yeah. And when you when you get up to the top, all of a sudden you stop making calls, everyone's calling you and you end up just not you know, you yes. kind of because, you know, people always say you changed, you changed, but really the world changes around you. 
maybe, you know? maybe, maybe. Okay, that's just that's a little personal thing, but I, I understand it. I get it. It happens. The the best people that I know are the ones that like remember where to the guys that helped them out in like the very beginning, or the guys. Oh, your fucking feelings are hurt. Your yes, feelings are hurt. Okay, he might whatever. call you now. He's not the champ anymore. Oh, all right, whatever. But there was a couple things he was yeah. doing leading up to that of him, you know, getting in uh, Leon Edwards face beforehand uh, while they did the announcement, not touching gloves, kind of forgetting about his wrestling, kind of trying to become a, 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 a striker. And Leon Edwards is one of those guys that is very poker face can lead you into a fight where you think you're comfortable and then boom, and doesn't show emotion. It's not going to get like Colby Covington where, you know, the emotion comes out and that's exactly what happened in the fifth round. But, the, but there was a couple of things in the fifth round that happened. Number one, going into the fifth round, Usman did look tired. They said this guy can go forever. He visibly looked exhausted in the corner. Also, there was a shot that was into like That's, that, there was a low blow shot that, that really wasn't a low blow. Um, yeah, that right before yeah. the knockout that Usman took a, a couple minutes that, that they went in the replay like, oh, that wasn't low. That wasn't low. So he was sort of a little bit, t- I think he was also frustrated that Herb Dean broke it up because he was kind of wrestling his way to think. And then all of a sudden, the fight ends, boom. And uh, good for Leon Edwards. Uh, Don, Greg, your thoughts? Don. Go ahead, Don. Well, it, it, it shows how a referee can fuck up a fight, you know? Um, oh, for real. And, uh, you know, my daughter said the same thing um, as to... Uh, Edwards is getting handled the whole all, all five rounds and then you know he threw that that one punch and that's all it took and you know sometimes when you become champion uh, now I'm going to defend the white guy over there is bitching um, things change things change you you see the world is different you know people treat you different you know, so you may not train as hard, too, you know, because yep. you, you yep. believe your own hype. Yep. <laughs> you know, you believe how wonderful you are. And uh, I'd have bet the world that uh, Edwards didn't have a chance against Usman, you know. I bet yep. the whole fucking world. But, you know, you get that one lucky punch in, in this sport, you know, and, and it used to be said about boxing, you know, one lucky punch. And they're, 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 they got, they got, a, yeah. Well, they got a puncher's chance in boxing, yeah, yeah. and you know, here they got a puncher or a kicker's chance, or whatever you were, or yeah. you know, it's like uh, that. The stupid thing that drives me crazy about it is um, submission attempts. A submission attempt. What the fuck is a submission attempt? You know, because <laughs> every, every every punch, every punch I throw is a knockout attempt. So I'm not getting credit for that. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, Greg thought. I think what it demonstrates to me is something we've been seeing a lot lately, which is guys not fighting through the bell or through the ref calling it or something like that. They lay off the gas before it's fully done. And then, I mean, we saw this in the Landwehr fight last week where Nate, the train, kept ending the fight. And the ref's like, I didn't call the fight. (laughs) 
<laughs> fucking keep fighting three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they have it in the in the prelims of this card. Yeah, where we'll a guy was he was jumping on the thing and like I did. He's like, no, the fight, get the fuck back in. And then he lost yeah. the point. Yeah, the we'll oh, that guy, that guy, that guy, goddamn. Wait, let's that focus on that. Let's focus on this fight right now. We're gonna go so bad. We're gonna, that, oh but then they come. Then we get all the way to this main card fight. And here we are. I mean, he knows he's won four and a half minutes. And all he's got to do is ride it out. They separate it. He gets his little break. And then he gets kicked <laughs> in the fucking head and knocked right the fuck out. He's like, finish the goddamn fight, guys. It did seem hey, don't also. Ever, don't ever turn your back on the opponent. Never turn your back on the opponent. It, it also did seem that, you know, a lot of times these guys who are high-level wrestlers, like guys like Usman, who two-time, you know, I think he was the national champion Division Two. He tried out for the Olympics, trained at the Olympic Training Center. They, they go up against guys from England who they know they're better wrestlers than, and they stop wrestling. Their whole – it became – Usman became Usman the, the, uh, the uh, striker. And then when he got taken down, he was like, holy shit. And then he – a lot of times, you know, Edwards defended the takedown. It's like seems like a lot of these times these guys in training camp, especially wrestlers, they fall in love with their striking and they 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 stop doing what got them there. And that's kind of what happened. It seems like Usman wasn't that successful. He was successful in a lot of his takedowns, but he could have been a lot more successful in his takedowns if he would have actually focused on wrestling. These guys get confident. They go, I'm going up to a guy from England. They don't wrestle in England. And they just forget that, yeah, maybe he doesn't wrestle in England, but he's going against world-class wrestlers. He's training in wrestling and uh you know, uh, I think Don is now wrestling with his. his we're seeing Don's crotch now. I don't, I don't know what's. Going I, on. I think Don's yeah. wrestling with gravity right now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, I may have to get off the phone. My nurse is here. Oh, uh, uh, okay. I think I have to go check. Uh, um, I'll, I'll call you back. Call okay. You back. All right. <laughs> so um, <laughs> now uh, a couple things. Now that's classic Don Brack. A couple things about this fight. Um, first of all, uh, and by the way, you know, Usman has gotten back to me uh, a couple times. He doesn't reach out as much as he used to. Don't think I'm, I'm being complaining. I get it. The guy is very, very busy. But, you know, you I don't want to come across as a little bitch. That, oh, you don't talk to me anymore. I get it. Maybe maybe I am coming across like that. If I am, I apologize. I'm, I'm better than that. Anyway, um, what's the name's Cor- <laughs> 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 Now, I got to give a shout out to Leon Edwards' corner because sometimes your corner needs to give you strategic advice. Like, hey, you know, switch kick onto this. You know, he's dropping the hands. And other times, sure. your corner needs to give you just motivational advice. Motivational advice. And that's exactly yeah. what he needed to do. He knew that, like, listen, don't let him bully you. This is it. Get your fucking head out of your ass. Come on, Rock. It was something that it was like probably the best cornering I've ever seen. And it worked. It, it, it worked, obviously, because Leon didn't quit and, uh, you know, was in it the whole time. And um, so shout out to that corner. You know, Leon kept switching stances, which was, I think, also frustrating. I think Usman got a little complacent and he still almost blocked the kick. Like the kick landed right above here. It was actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was awesome. Now. Going forward, Leon says he wants to fight Masvidal next. That's. And what? He- Why? Why? He wants he wants to defend it. You know, hey, listen, you know, I we can call sprinkles and get you a cupcake if that's what you're looking for, Leon. Jesus fucking Christ, man. No. Next up is Kamaro Usman, Leon Edwards three. World War Three is next. That well, was the one thing we all knew after this fight was, well, they gotta do it again. You well, know, and also well, but the thing is because Mosfall did give him that 
like that he punched him three times and then remember the, the three piece combo that was like after remember they got into a, like a, a scuffle back then but still Masvidal hasn't won a fight in a, a long time yeah uh, and I don't even think he's gonna beat Gilbert Burns if I'm being totally honest his next fight so, not a chance now if if um, Usman can't make the fight let's say he, he needs some time off he got his concussion whatever it is I think Covington should get it I think Colby versus Leon would be a great fight. I think it's a great fight for Colby. I think Colby wins that fight, to be honest. I think so and, too. And I, I absolutely that, do too. And I think that's, I think that's, I mean, you know, uh, I, I think that's giving some to Colby. Like, here's your shot to get your title that you couldn't get from Usman twice. Maybe you can get it from Edwards. I, I don't know. I don't like that, that, that no, he doesn't have to Usman. go through Usman to get it. I think it should be Usman in a rematch. Usman Edwards three. That to me is the only match to make. Now a lot. You want to prove you're the champ, Edwards? Beat Usman again because you were losing for four and a half fucking rounds. No, prove I, it wasn't fucking luck. I think Usman wins the rematch. Absolutely, think, without question. I think, especially in a non-altitude, you know, not high altitude. It's a, if it's a in Vegas or wherever it is. Yeah, I think it. I think it's reminiscent. It, it looks like the the Nunez. Uh, what's her name rematch? No, I think you I know. Think you, like oh that. yeah, I think it does. No, I think it does. I, I think I, I think a focused, hungry, determined Camaro comes like in there and just trashes Leon Edwards. No, because who has? Because Usman usually either he knocks you out, like he did against Masvidal, or he beats you in like a boring way, which everyone gets pissed off about, um, like he did against Tyron Woodley or a couple other guys against Damian Maya. Uh, a couple of, it's like he doesn't beat the shit out of you. But like, I'm just saying dominance. I'm saying dominance. He comes in and dominates him next time. That's what I'm saying. Maybe, maybe, maybe I think a lot of people are going to hop, you know, hop off the Usman train. Maybe he'll get focused again. What I didn't like was him bringing his kids there. There's this whole, I understand wanting to have your kids watch you succeed. But when I see a five-year-old girl or however old she is, watch her father get head kicked and cry and someone's holding her. It's just sort of like that's gonna fuck the kid up for life. Yeah, there's some there's some careers you just don't want your children doing: comedian, uh, fighter, and stripper. Those are the three jobs. I think top. There's top. there's no bring your child to work day for that. <laughs> that's a funny bit. That should be an actual. Bit. <laughs> that. That's a good joke. That's a really good joke. Um, you know, you don't want your kids. You don't want your kids in the audience for those jobs. You know. Now, a lot of people are posting the memes of Usman getting knocked out with his eyes open. And I, I, I don't understand that. Like, I, I don't know. I know maybe some people think it's funny. And some fighters like Tyron Woodley, they made a contest out of it. But I just don't like the fact of seeing somebody knock the fuck out. It's somebody who, you know, I look up to. I respect. I have such admiration. Oh, come on. No, I don't like puss. it. It's don't one like thing. It. If it's one thing, if it's a straight, if it's a random person on the street, it's another thing when this is their job and part of their job. Sometimes. Yeah, I don't like the funny, I don't like the funny memes. I, 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 so I get it. I, I, I'm not know, a fan. I, I'm you kind of. But unfortunately, this is the world we live in. This is the social media world we live in. But like Conor like McGregor posted it. McGregor posted it with some stuff. Jake Paul posted it. With saying, yeah, I'll kick Jake Paul's ass. All it's just, I don't know. I understand it's a social. It's and a social he would still world. kick Jake Paul's ass. I know, even knocked out, he probably would. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. The, uh, that being that, the next fight, Luke Rockhold. Uh, that's a fight I could watch on the ship. It was coming in, and I was cheering, screaming so loud. People were looking at me and walking away from me because they didn't know what I was watching. 
But mm-hmm. that was like a Rocky fight when Rocky was like too old and was fighting a guy younger, bigger, and stronger. <laughs> Dude, when he said, So Rocky Five, Rocky yeah, Five. When he said, Fuck you, and then punched him, I mean, and then rubbed his blood all over his face. Like that was like, like that wasn't even an actual move. Like it was just like, I'm going to do anything I possibly can to annoy you and hurt you. And Luke Rockhold, man, uh, I love Luke Rockhold. I liked him going into the fight when he was going off on the reporters, telling the guy from, uh, I guess, somebody pissed off um, Marlon Vera by putting a Mexican Lucha Libre hat on him when he's not Mexican. And it was the same reporter that Nate, like Nate Diaz slapped. There's this whole, and he said, there's a whole genre now of a whole culture of just being disrespectful, not even being funny. I mean, look, 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 don't get me wrong. I love Well, Alan they're trying D. to get a rise out of you because if they get a rise out of you. They get the clip, they get the clip, they get some deflected spotlight. Right. I mean, that's all this shit is, no. is how can I get people to pay attention to me by pissing off you? Don't you get me wrong. I was a, I'm a big fan of Ali G and I loved when he did it. But he did it in yeah. a way, a hilarious way. It was. And like, there's a character. He was doing a character. Character, but it was also like he scripted it, but it was brilliant. It wasn't just like, hey, you suck dick, and then putting a microphone to your face, you know? So um, Luke went off on that. And I tell you, man, Luke, even though he lost and he was out of shape and got it, or he was tired, he some of those kicks looked amazing. Um, and what a fucking badass. <laughs> when he just said, fuck you, or when he walked away and then threw, there was like old man Luke Rockhold is, it was like a Clint Eastwood movie or it was Rocky. It was, it was amazing. Uh, what are your thoughts on that fight, Greg? I think the best part of the fight was that he retired. <laughs> oh, come uh, on. No, I mean that because it was a good fight for him. It was a showy fight for him. You know what I mean? Like it showed his toughness. He was a badass. He didn't walk out of there. Like maybe, I mean, and, and he chose to, to retire. And I'm like, good, this is a good time to retire for you. I think more fighters need to know when to hit the exit. And I thought that was, that was the right move. He's an older fighter. He didn't win. That's the other thing when they win these fights, all of a sudden they're like, I'm coming back up. No, yeah, yeah. no, no, you're not. No, you're not. I thought it was a good time for him to retire. And I thought it was a smart move for him. And honestly, I thought that was that, that was my, what I thought was the best part of the fight was the fact that he, he took the time. He was like, yeah, I think this is a good time to make my exit. And I agreed with it. I hope he saved his money, though. I know he made a lot of money modeling. Doesn't seem like the kind of guy that just spends it on shit because I don't want to see him getting knocked out by Jake Paul in a boxing fight. Because Jake Paul even said that was a horrible fight. Uh, you know, these guys are looking like a street fight. Why do you give credence to And Ariel Hawani got into it with Jake Jesus. Paul. Ariel got into it with They started fighting back. I don't know why. But I hope he so doesn't. So stupid. I don't want to see him. I hope he. I don't want to see him go bare knuckle boxing. The whole legitimate fight world should ignore Jake Paul. The fa- the more you talk about him, talk to him, Ariel Hawani addressing him, getting into a beef with him, only legitimizes him. Get him the f- just don't even talk to him. Be like, you shut up, fly. get away from me. It's hard to not legitimize a guy that's the highest paid boxer of the year, the third highest paid boxer of the year. I mean, he he legitimately has eyes on him. It's not like he's just. Uh, you know, but Listen, there, in every field, there are people that are terrible that wind up being one of the highest paid. I mean, that's just the way it goes. OK, we got a lot of comics that ain't that good that managed to end up making a lot of money. Uh, so, yeah, I, uh, OK, so I'm sure but I just think it's dumb when you have 
Yeah, but I think it's dumb if you have Ariel Hawani, who's one of the most legitimate voices in fighting, you know, uh, commentary, getting into it, you know, going, getting into it with, with Jake Paul, who is the most illegitimate fighter who wouldn't fight a guy because he was five pounds heavier than him, but has exclusively fought guys that were 40 pounds lighter than him. Fuck that guy for fucking ever. You're right. You got a good point, Greg. You got a very good point. Uh, now, the Aldo fight, the Marab Aldo fight, I think, uh, look, I've, I've hung out with Marab. He's nice, like super. <laughs> talk about a guy that came from nothing. He, we had him on the podcast. He moved to Brooklyn, didn't know anybody, was like, I don't know. I think he was doing like working in some kind of warehouse or something. And then he was, he like walked down the block to find a gym. And he didn't. He had just broken up. That he literally fell down on himself. He was like, I'm going to get nothing. a revenge body. <laughs> guy came from nothing. And here he is, you know, beating. Jose Aldo, I know that people didn't like the kind of fight it was, but he fought him like he should have fought him. He wrestled him. He took him down. He held him. He grinded him. And he beat a living legend and arguably the greatest 145 pounder ever. Um, and he beat him, what, 30, 27, maybe 29, 28. Uh, so good for Marab and good for not letting the, the crowd, you know, Decide how you're going to fight because you've seen that too many times. So, oh, I got yeah, yeah. It was an exciting fight, right, guys? Great. Now, now you're cut. So, yeah, exactly. Great. Yeah. You fought an exciting fight and you lost. So, yeah, by, because you played to the crowd instead of winning your fight. Yeah. yeah. But, but to me, the biggest disappointment was that Jose Aldo didn't retire at the <laughs> end of this fucking fight. This should have been a double retirement night, man. That's what this should have been. I mean, come on, Josie. Come on. This is it. We're come on, dude. But it's hard come to put it. Josie Aldo will look good against a striker, uh, against almost any striker, against these Khabib clones, uh, these guys from Dagestan or Georgia, or uh, I think he's from he's from Georgia, from that you know Eastern. Yeah, Eastern Europe, Western Russian they area. Just, you cannot look good against these guys. Very, it's very very hard. Especially if you're a striker and that guy's a wrestler, because it's a different kind of wrestling. It's not college wrestling. It's, no, it's bear wrestling. It's bear wrestling. I mean, yeah. when I talk to it's a different. Al, no, it's different. Talk to Ally Akinta. He said when he fought Khabib, and Ally Akinta was a high level, I think New York State champion wrestler. He he wrestled in college at I believe it was Nassau Community College at Hofstra, I believe. I don't know. He wrestled high level in college, and he said it was a different kind of strength that he felt when he fought Khabib. It's a it's me, a you feel like you're fighting a heavyweight. And let me tell you something, you can see it too. You can see it in their back when they get them down and they put the bear bear hug on them. You can see this whole difference. It's like they have a six pack back. Dude, they don't go to, dude, they're schooling. If you're a decent, they're like basically scouting when you're three and they go, you're going to wrestling school and you're going to school school. And if you're going to wrestling school, it's from what I heard, it's eight periods of wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> one, one period of school. When I see that, when I see those back muscles, I'm like, uh-oh, he's never getting up. This guy's never getting out of this. No. Because it's that- a whole different range of muscularity on their backs than any other fighter. It's one thing to have like the wings, whatever, but these guys have like chiseled, like you can see it. Like I said, they've got a six pack on their back. It's like, crazy. Chad Mendez was a great wrestler. Uh, I think he was a D1, either national champion or runner up, I believe. And Aldo beat him twice. Um, yeah. Like, granted, it was a prime Aldo, but and this maybe that should be Aldo. the new a new comedy, uh, a new uh, MMA roasted thing. Hashtag six back. <laughs> <laughs> now the uh, Angeluza fight. 
uh, the guy that he fought, I never saw a more tired person in my life. Uh, that guy hurt Angeluza, and then he just. Oh yes! Oh my my god! God. It was like he was sleeping, dude. The worst was at the end when Lusa's just laying on Fletcher, and they just—they're just like they're just fucking each other. They're just like romancing it. Like I'm like, are they dry humping right now? What is happening? Is this right? I felt like romantic music should have come on. Like they're just laying there. Oh my god! The night to music. We know you're fighting. or high altitude, you have to train there. I it's oh, yeah, I think people And you're are- right, Fletcher had him hurt and then in the first round, definitively won the first round, I felt, but then just had nothing left. Even at the end of the first round, Lusa made a comeback at because he just that big thing, and really Lusa probably should have been like like declared out. He probably should have been TKO'd in that, but when he wasn't. He recovered and that was it. And after that, Lusa just laid on top of him and they just dry humped for 10 minutes, much to the audience's uh, chagrin, I'm sure. I mean, I was watching it just like, guys, can you at least pretend to be fighting? I, like, you I, think, I feel like I'm just watching gay porn right now. Have I mean, you I, uh, not a lot of fun things happen in Utah. I, mean, I remember when Dennis Rodman went to Utah and he was like, man, everyone, he goes, these people are really weird when he played the Utah Jazz. When Rodman is saying that the team is weird, that people are weird. That's when they're weird. Uh, Dude, it is it is weird because like because, you know, because it's all everyone's Mormon and the Salt Lake, you know, they they run the whole fucking state, basically. And when you're there, it it really feels like someone's watching. Like you feel like everyone's like listening and watching and they know when you're like from at your stranger and and. And they're like, they're like, oh, he's not from here. He's not one of us. Everyone keep an eye on him. We got a wolf in the fucking hen house. Like, that's how I felt the entire time. I felt like, like people were watching me through eyeballs and tubes. And, you know, it was weird. That place is very. I did a a college one time. I did a a, a NACA that went so bad. NACA basically is you do shows in front of hundreds of colleges. And and if they like you, they they sign you up. And if they don't, you you basically lost all your money. Um, And you're down five grand. You're up a hundred or down five. So yeah. uh, this one, the, it was in Utah, the, the NACA. I had no, the, somebody booked me before they saw me, saw my act and unbooked me. Like, <laughs> I, I would have been better off. I was better off not going on. Like if I would have gone on, I would have played the college. <laughs> right. You would have had a book. Yeah. You lost bookings because of it. Jesus. Uh, but uh, speaking of a great place I went to, Mongolia was one of the most fun places I've ever been to. It's like, it's the greatest country. Uh, Freedom of speech is like 30 years old. So they, they love, they, they know comedy from po- American podcasts. So like they like, um, so they like, don't know much about comedy. And there's eight co- comics in the whole country. They brought me in the hottest women you've ever seen other than my wife. Uh, these people are like, it's like six foot one Asian girls. But I guess they said back in the day, Genghis Khan came in and killed all the ugly people or something and kept a good looking. I don't know what exactly happened. That's what they told me. Uh, but it's amazing. This guy, the Mongolian murderer, their national sport is wrestling. I mean, literally wrestling. And half the country lives in yurts and they like live in these yurts and they watch Mongolia's Got Talent. That's like their their, 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 their TV. But this dude is a monster. He fought Jay Perrin. It was a good fight. Good, solid fight. But you could tell the Mongolian murderer was a fighter. <laughs> you, you watch that fight? Ooh, Aqualung? Are we talking about Aqualung? Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Okay, but didn't he lose his last fight? I don't know, but he's looking. Wasn't like he going coming into this on a loss? I think he was, um, uh, because he was. He was, you know, 
he was good, but I'm pretty sure he was coming off a loss on this one. Mm. Uh, but he looked good yeah, in this yeah. fight. I mean, you know, I, but yeah, Jay Perrin definitely seemed a bit uh, outclassed in that one. But the heavyweight, I, like, fight, I, I didn't see the heavyweight. It was a good fight. It was a good fight. Uh, also in uh, MMA news, Bubba Jenkins won in the PFL. Yeah, he did. Yeah, buddy. I was going nuts for that one. Boy, he he looked amazing. And you know what sucks? Okay, so they're doing the prop bets beforehand. They're showing you all the prop bets. And him by submission was plus 900. Wow. Okay. And I looked at my wife and I said, get me my phone. I need to, I think he's going to submit this guy. I swear to God. And they didn't have, cause I use a different site than DraftKings cause DraftKings doesn't work in California. So yeah. I use one of those offshore sites. And so I was, and they didn't have PFL on their fucking, on their app. Uh, and so I wasn't able to bet it. And then he submitted him. I was like, I fucking knew it. God damn it. I knew he was going to submit it. And the thing about Bubba is Bubba's always been, Let's say, I wouldn't say a slow learner, but he, he doesn't always, he's one of these guys, it takes him a while to adapt. And, and in high school, he was like a state champion. Then he got a blowjob on the bus going to school, we said, and had to sit out his senior year or something happened. In college, he went to Penn State. Two words, words it. okay. <laughs> and Penn State, the Penn State, they kicked him off the team. Kale Sanderson kicked him off the team. And then he goes out, does like a redshirt year at ASU, beats David Taylor, who at this point is like the best in the world right now. Right, right, right. I mean, then he, then he, then in Bellator, he sort of, you know, kind of ran into some issues, didn't really, but like. He, he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready for MMA when he went into Bellator. But he, he was, beat, they. He got they got all... I mean, he's beat, he beat good guys at Bellator. He just couldn't seem to get past Georgie Karakanyan. And he went from camp to camp to camp. PFL last year, he looked great against Lance. And then he, fucked up the next couple of fights it seems like now he is he's he's divorced bubba he's motivated bubba he's ready and what i was worried about was he was gonna fight chris wade in the finals because chris wade beat him, him last, last year. year did not yeah. come out but just beat him like like beat him or knocked him out of the tournament just what i'm saying right 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 and this and then chris wade who is an amazing wrestler decides not to wrestle in the last fight for some reason yeah. um and now it's bubba against uh Brent was Brandon. What's his name? Lal Lafney. I don't Laf. Fuck the guy's name up. I don't have it. In the I don't remember. But uh, oh yeah, Lafney. Lafney. But Bubba, the British has, guy, the British I guy. Mean, yeah. If Bubba uses his wrestling, which he needs to, which he should, he yeah. should he should get that million dollars. Um, if he decides to be a striker and which he's a good striker, that's, I think, gonna... he's a good striker, which that's really the difference is he fi- his striking has finally at least gotten up to a level to where he can compete with yeah. pretty much anyone. And that was always the problem. He had the wrestling, he had no striking. He had to right. learn from scratch. He was a base level striker who was getting beat and that was the way to beat him. Now but his Bubba. striking has really come up, but this, he cannot try and beat Lofnane with striking no. because the fact of the matter is Lofnane is tougher than Bubba when it comes to getting punched in the face. <laughs> I and don't know about that. Yes, I, about I guarantee that. it. I his I nose his that. nose is by his ear. Doesn't this matter. guy this guy is a tougher striker than Bubba, but if Bubba can get in close and and make it scrappy tight, get him on the ground wrestling. That's a thing. That's what that's I'm a, saying. He's not going to win a striking fight. He Bubba, needs, Bubba needs to get him on the ground, out wrestle him yeah. and strike him and submit him, probably just yeah, like he did this last guy. Forget about the fans. They're going to boo. Because yeah. if, if Bubba wins the fight, like he get the million dollars, hold him down and have everyone in MSG boo the fuck out of you. It doesn't get the million, Bubba. 
I mean, yep. knowing him, he'll spend it in a week anyway. Uh, on like, who knows what he's going to spend it on? On condoms but, and Plan B. Yeah, that's what he. Well, con- why would he need condoms if he could use Plan B? Yeah, because uh, yeah, you start with the condoms and you're like, ah, oh, fuck this guy. But Baba, have him boo you out of MSG. Get the fucking million. Uh, we'll celebrate. Okay. Um, now, Kayla Harrison is on her way to getting her third million dollars. <laughs> like, it's becoming unfair. They should almost let two girls fight her at once. Or, um, I mean, she's fighting a tough girl. This next girl's pretty tough. But Kayla is just a monster. I mean, she's a two time Olympic gold judo champion. Uh, she's been through the ringer. She's got two kids now, adopted her sister's kids. She's had a, her life has been completely fucked up uh, as far as. Hey, like, what happened with her sister? I, I want to know that. Do you know what know. happened? I don't know. I know that she got custody of her sister's kids. That's all I know. I don't want to. Because at one point, because they were doing the little behind the scenes thing with her and they took her to the Olympic place where she won her gold medal. And she was like, my dad was alive. My sister was still my sister. I was like, what the what does that mean? Maybe I probably, you drugs, know, maybe, maybe drugs change people. That's, that's what I'm. Yeah. Maybe she's in jail. I, I, I don't know. Right. Maybe she's in jail. I, 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 yeah. I wasn't sure what that hey, meant. Know, I was like, oh, some shit went down right there. That's what I, I know. By her, her coach molested her who's in jail now. She had a fucking crazy life. And all through that, the girl has persevered. And good for her. Get the three million. I don't know how this company's not bankrupt. Uh, they don't advertise. They pay everyone. They they hire the best people. They got they got um, all these celebrities endorsing them. They're giving all this money away. They're giving out millions of dollars to people uh, who not one of them, if they walk into a room, anyone would recognize. Uh, like the- but the question is, are they paying them anything for the fights leading up to that million dollars? Yes, they are. But they're also, I heard they gave. Uh, I, I heard they gave Pettis a million dollar signing bonus. I can't confirm. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard they gave they wanted... Duma a signing bonus for a million dollars. Yeah. Like anyone that they gave money to is lost and is out of the tournament. And anyone that they signed that like has been a complete bust for them. Uh yeah. so I mean Jeremy, I don't know what they gave Jeremy Stevens. Look, but PFL, like I love what they're doing. I don't know. Their marketing strategy is insane. Uh let's put on a fights at times and don't tell anyone when they are. Yeah, I loved it because they were during the day. So I got to sit here and enjoy some afternoon fights. So I was very excited. If I Bubba wasn't fighting, would you, would you know it was on? No. no. I mean, in fact, even with Bubba fighting, people had to tell me it was on. So it was, it definitely wasn't something I was tracking very closely. Like, yeah, I but mean, I, I mean, they must be, they, I mean, they're clearly, I don't know if they're making a profit, but they got to be making enough to keep going. So somebody's got, dumping money into this. Investors. They had Mark Burnett invest. They had a, uh, they had like a lot of big time investors. Um, but yeah, I mean, unless you know a person personally who's fighting, you don't know about the, <laughs> like, that's kind of a weird strategy. It's like a bringer fight where if you have to, you have to bring the audience to watch you fight. Um, I, I love this Larissa Pacheco though, because she, listen, what a striker. She reminds me of Cyborg in her prime. She's, I mean, she has got power and really though, I mean, Kayla's and Kayla's the one girl she's lost to. And I just don't know how anything's going to be any different in this, in this second or third time they fought. I mean, Kayla, and although I, Kayla, listen, don't, Darling, darling, Kayla, listen, I love you. I think you're amazing. And I was there for you at the end. She did that thing where you say you make big announcements and you expect the crowd to go wild. 
Holy shit. She was like, because I'm the queen of fucking combat shit. And the audience was silent. It was an angle. They fucking like, yeah, they yeah, left yeah. her hanging so bad. Kayla, I'm there for you. I loved everything you said. I think you are the queen of combat. And I think you're gonna dominate this shit. And I think you're gonna keep going. And I think you're gonna dominate the UFC next. That's what I think. Dive, yeah, world needs to watch to, out. Kayla Harrison put the world on notice. The problem is she can't make 35. And I I I've stood next to her. She's a bigger girl. She comes yeah. 45. So she would she would dominate right now at 45 because the only person that would give her a fight, I think, would be uh, Nunez. And they train together and the gym and she stayed at the gym and Nunez left. So it seems like Kayla probably got the best of her because usually the girl that's winning doesn't leave the gym. Um, so, you know, well, what does that say? It sounds like they're they're destined to meet on a mat somewhere. So yeah, I, I, I like it. But Larissa does have a like, talk about puncher's chance. I mean, she has power and she's very angry about losing to Kayla before. Kayla's she's not very a hungry. Moron, she wants the money. I she's, know, I know, not, but she's not gonna be do it, Ron. Not that Ronda Rouse is the moron, but her coaches were were they like, hey, she could beat Olympic levels boxers right now no she can't um and don't tell her that and don't praise her when she's doing it you know these people they forget where they came from um well and i feel like a lot of these girls just aren't used to being hit that hard in the face by another woman and pacheco hits like a man i does. mean when Kayla's she hits Kayla's it knocks them yes. straight back on the hit once she's gonna get her against the cage she's gonna take her down beat the fuck out of her and get three million dollars I think now, Mike Perry. Listen, with all with all likelihood, but I gotta say, of all these finals, that is the final I want to see the most. Did you watch the? I want to see Bubba. Did you? We watched the the, uh, the Mike Perry fight. I want to see Bubba the most. You know what? Bubba yeah. the most, but the Kayla Harrison fight. I'm very interested to see how this works out with this Pacheco girl. I think this is a great matchup. I I, I love this fight. But you're right, Bubba. Obviously, number one. I, I'm sorry, I misspoke. Did you watch the Mike Perry fight? I did not. So Mike Perry did bare knuckle boxing against MVP, right? I was going to say, I'm sorry, I don't have a bum fights app no, in my. No. Uh... Yeah, right. So he fought MVP, right? From Bellator in bare knuckle boxing. So what happened to MVP? How did he wind up down there? Jesus Christ. No, what... Bellator has a thing where they, they let you stay in Bellator and do bare knuckle boxing. They cross promote somehow. And they, so Mike Perry goes, the guy goes, it's the fight that you didn't know you wanted and i go all right that's that's exactly you're absolutely right good point so mike perry knocks him down in the first round right and you could tell like mvp gets up but still kind of does well it was probably a 10-8 round because the knockdown but Mike, the next four rounds mvp dominated i mean like perry was going forward but clearly mvp was the better fighter like he was just getting yeah. more and then they go, then they declare it five rounds. They got a draw. So they got one more round, right? Which I don't know how it was a draw, but I, I like Mike Perry and I was rooting for him and it was tougher. But Mike Perry's jaw was like this, like his jaw was off his face and oh. his nose was busted. He's bleeding everywhere. And, and I can tell you how it was a draw because maybe it's not an entirely legitimate sport. Maybe they don't it, was, it was in England, though. Like, MVP oh, oh, yes, England. that makes it better. You're right. MVP They've never done England, anything. Though. So, if you're gonna have British judges, you would assume they would go. So, then it goes one more round. They go in a draw, it's sudden death, right? One more round. And maybe Mike Perry won that last round. Maybe it was very close. 
But they gave it to Mike Perry. So Mike Perry beat MVP in bare knuckle oh box. Honestly, though, uh, the type of fighter that Mike Perry is, bare knuckle boxing is perfect for him because yeah. more than anything, more than technique, more than training, more than anything, he's a badass. Right. He's a badass. That, his greatest trait is being a badass. And, and so like, for guys like that, bare knuckle is is the place to be. And he's like, MVP, on the other hand, has no business being down there. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it was just a, it was crazy. So then, uh, all right, and then we, we didn't have a, a podcast last week, so we'll go over the two fights, the uh, Nate to train fight, which was, talk about a badass. That dude, like, I've never, you have to kill that guy to get to be, yeah. I mean, you literally have to shoot him in the head, and at that point, he probably still will move forward. Um, and I was, but yeah, he kept celebrating. He, he, he also let- He ended up. the fight himself three times. And I, and I, okay, so here, let me tell you my story. This is how, okay. So I walk into the casino again. Now it's afternoon fights, did not expect it to be afternoon fights. I thought they were going to be in the evening. I realized I missed everything, all my betting opportunities. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And I see that the Nate train, I mean, is about to begin. And he's a plus 285. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And I run over there and I throw money down. And I'm like, put this on uh, Nate, Nate, Nate. And the, and the woman's looking at me going, who's Nate? I'm like, Nate, Nate the train, Nate, that guy right there, Nate, Nate. And she goes, oh, Landward, Landward. So she she finds him, puts the money down on him. And then, and you know, the first round, I was like, come on, Nate, pull it together, man. You're going to cost me money here. And then in the second round, I'm like, yes, Nate, the train, Nate, the, but then in the third, he starts, you know, calling the fight himself. And I'm, I'm watching the ref going where the fight's not out. Where are you going? And I'm, and I'm yelling in the casino. I'm like, the fight's not over. He's in a full mouth. And he just stands them up with 30 seconds to make it more entertaining for the crowd. Like, so, and then almost lost, almost got knocked the fuck out yeah. after that. I was yeah. like, oh my God. Oh that, my God. That was the fun. That, dude, I was laughing. I was laughing that. And I was laughing at the rock hole fight because it was like watching a, a movie of uh, Nate to train. Then at the end of the fight, when he wins, Okay, he's he always speaks in the third person of like take the train, but he has a whole like pro wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, Where's my wife at? Where's my wife? And they just cut away. <laughs> he takes the mic, Cormier, and just walks away from him. And he's like, Where's my wife? Like he's gonna be like yo, Adrian, you know. Yeah, yeah. Dude, his wife was probably like embarrassed, like hiding. Like, like I've never I'm- seen a three knockout fight go to a decision before. Dude, it, that was a great fight on both ends. It- it um, was, but it was just so dumb. Just finish the fight. Wait till the ref calls you off. Don't be like, boom, did it. And then we saw it again this weekend. Oh, yeah. Which fight in the early prelims. Right. right. Uh, where's this guy? Um, was it Amir Albizi? Was it Albazi? Aldana. Aldana. Was that the one? Aldana. Okay, yeah, yeah. You fought the guy that used to be a heavyweight. Um, right, Wood. That's and, right. The Saldana Woodson thing. Woodson, Jesus, dude, that fucking. That great, but yeah, it was like boxing. You don't know it's not boxing when you get a knockdown. You don't cheer. They don't. There's no ten second rule. I think yeah. Sorry, too much boxing. And, and then he kept like he jumped on the cage, jumped on the cage, arms up. Well, well after he kneed him in the head, after he knees him in the head, first he celebrates. 
He's like, fight's over. I won. And he's like, no, it's not fucking over. Get in there and fight. And then, so, so Woodson's getting up. He knees him in the fucking face. Oh my knocks God. him out, basically. Yeah. Then jumps on the cage like, I did it. And he's like, you just lost a point, dummy. Yeah. Get off the cage. He's recovered. <laughs> and then he that he goes from winning to losing a point. That was the, I was like, this fucking idiot. And then, of course, he wins on a split decision because of that crap. What oh. a dummy, dude. Fight. Yeah. To the end of the fight. Yeah, that was Quit hilarious. declaring was, yourself the winner. Oh, my that God. That was so it's entertaining, so though. I, I mean, that fight should have been in Florida. That's how fucking bad oh. it was. It was oh. that, that was crazy. Uh, the Dominic Cruz fight. I thought Cruz looked pretty good. I thought he was, you know, you he, know what I saw? He looked fine. He looked good. He just, he, it was, it was a, th- a three-round fight. He might have won, well, maybe won one and three, but uh, he just got caught. I mean, it's just one of those things where speed is the first to go, power is the last, and maybe he lost a, a step. And the things that he used to be able to get away with, he can't get with anymore. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I just felt like I felt like okay, it was a typical Dominic Cruz fight now, which is at the beginning he's cagey and everything else, but then around round two and a half, the guy starts to catch up with him, and he begins to lose some steam. And by round three, the whole thing flips. If Cruz doesn't win in the first round and a half, he's not going to win because he old, he an old man. And he out there and he just, he just doesn't have it, man. He's another guy that should have fucking retired after that fight. It's hard. It's hard to see like my favorite guys. Cause like, I mean, look, my favorite guys in the sport are Don Fry, like the OGs, the guys like, like there's nothing. Those guys were real characters. They fought for, they weren't getting paid much or they were getting, they were, it was a whole different type of fighting when they went into it. It was yeah. like, those are the, the, the tank Abbott, Don Fry, the, the markers, the Josh Barnett's, the, the Gracie's. It was almost like they were comic book characters in a lot of ways, but then there's like the next crop of like the Uriah's and the, the cruises and the. Boy, the, the, the and, great. What? Before it, the great. Well, what did you say? All right. That was, the great what? There is. He's back. I said the Gracies got paid for it more than anybody. Yeah, yeah the Gracies, right? But but for, but the next crop, and they're now old. Is like that next level of like the favor, and that's what's kind of sad because not that I can't relate to the newer crop, but they're still like maybe the sport's getting too big. It's just too many people and too this and too that. It's like it's hard to like really. It just seemed like there was less fights back in the day, so you get so the guys were bigger and they were. And now it's like, uh, but yeah, to watch the guys like Rockhold and uh, and Dominic Cruz get old is like, uh, what do you think of the Rockhold fight, Don? I, did, oh, I didn't see the Rockhold fight. Sorry, um, I, I saw, I watched the freebies on uh, ESPN, and then I did, I didn't do the pay per view. Um, yeah, it, it just it did interest me. It didn't interest me, you know, because I I, I knew Usman was going to kill uh, <laughs> Leon, Usman. Edwards. Leon. Yeah, Leon you know? Edwards. Yeah, which he yeah. did for four and a half rounds. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, the first round he did. No, first round Leon won. Yeah, that's first. true. You know, the thing about it is, you're right. The first round definitely, but it, the thing about it was, uh, you know. What I watched, I watched online and stuff after the free ones, too, because the the fact of the matter is, is this card, I I, I felt like they were having trouble selling it because I've never gotten so many fucking promo offers for pay-per-view ever in my life. Then I did. There's like, you sure you don't want to get it? What if we gave it 20% off? And it's like, because the card 
You look at the card and it's like, yeah, only the top fight is 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 a draw. It's something you want to pay to see. The rest of the card, I I, I felt like all these fights that should have made up that main card, they've been turning into the main events on their fight nights. So you wound up with a card that I really had zero interest well, in paying also the to see. the problem is that Usman isn't a huge draw. Like, even as great as he is, people, like, don't get that excited to watch him. Not um, unless he's fighting Covington, yeah. Yeah, it's sort of like he needs that other guy, that like the B-side. And, and then Leon Edwards is from England. People don't really know him that well. He hadn't fought. In Not at all, exactly. Yada, yada, yada. But no, yeah, no, there was, you know what? Whose fault? Is, wait, but, but whose fault? Whose fault is that? That's the UFC. That's the, Uf, that's the UFC's fault. Yeah, because they yep. they they don't want their fucking fighters to get bigger than the promotion. You know, they don't they don't want to sell the the fighters, and and uh, so it's completely their fault. They they need to step back and they need to invest in their fighters. They need to promote these guys. I think they just have too many events. I mean, these fight nights, yeah. all, all those headlining matches in the fight nights are the fights that would have made great main card fights. You know, if you look at the, the but they're turning them into, into fight night headliner matches instead of saving them to be, to make an incredible card. It used to be, you know, some of these cards were just incredibly good fights you want to see straight on the line. This one, I really didn't. They were dragging out old names, Jose Aldo, Luke Rockhold, like anything to put some name value on this fucking card. And I'm like, this is this is your fault. You've watered down your product with too many events. Thank you, William Morris Endeavor. And speaking of WME, right. it's got to piss you off to see them pushing this nosebleed show like it's the only show they've ever created because you know those guys must be rep by WME because they put no fucking none of this promo into you your UFC comedy show but then they're just going back and watching old clips and doing a standard commentary show and they got fucking billboards all over LA for this shit I I mean I that 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 really upsets me man that really does and they're pushing you go on their website it's like hey have you seen those please it's gone these I don't know. It, it uh, bothers me. I'm like, no these guys here. must be rep by WME because there's no reason for them to push that show that hard. And it's a YouTube show. It goes, you know? it goes, it goes deeper than that. And I'll, I'll talk about that off the air. Uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Well, wait a second. What about this fucking Gronkowski bullshit? You yeah. Know? What about this fucking bullshit? They got a fucking football player and his family. You know, uh, they're putting this guy over instead of the fucking fighters. They could have had seven or eight fighters that nobody knows about. They could have been promoting these guys. Instead, they yeah. got a fucking football player family. I mean, great. The guy, Dana White's a big fan of this guy. Good for him. Good. But do it on your own damn time. You know, yeah. William Morris, William Morris Endeavor has taken a shot a shit on the promotion level of uh, of their fighters, their clients, or what have you. They are doing nothing for uh, you know to want me to sign with William Morris if I was if I was a, a an actor, you know. Uh, it, it, it's they, it's they, typical they, of what happens. You build up an incredible product, then Hollywood comes calling and they ruin it. That's pretty much. Yeah. That's just uh, the way it goes. Is, I would pay. A subscription to watch Don Fry watching the fights. That would if Don Fry was watching the fights with a couple beers in him, 
It, it would be oh, must watch. Must watch we got to start doing that. We got to start creating it would be that. Must, must watch television. Yeah, we'll create it. We'll do a live feed on like Instagram Live, and we'll put up a Venmo and be like, yeah, hey. you know what? We actually, we actually, Stuart Wilson and I, Stuart Wilson is a stunt guy out of Hollywood. Uh, he's a buddy of mine. We've been buddies for a decade, I guess. I don't know. And uh, we went and met with uh, the UFC, the, the, their fight channel, you know, about mm. um, doing something. And we brought that up. You know, we, we, we brought, we gave them seven fucking ideas, you know, um, we 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 came in there with seven ideas for these guys, and yeah. uh, so I don't know I don't know where it's at right now, you know, because uh, they don't start their new their new. Can you all see me? No, not right now. God damn it! Something took a crap. I'm gonna have to leave and come back on. Something. It's all, we can hear you just fine. Yeah, so fine. I mean, that's fine. good. Oh, there no, you're back no, now. Now we can, now see, we can see it. Yeah, yeah. God dang it. But yeah, these guys are really, they were really cool guys. They're really good guys. And I enjoyed meeting them and Seward did too. But, um, yeah, you know, they, they, you come at them with ideas, but they, they can't do anything until the, the f- new fiscal year, you know? <laughs> and then, and then you hope William Morris is going to say, Hey, that's a great idea. This guy can actually put a sentence together and, uh, he can, he can speak. And he's had ideas, and uh, we're, we're going to promote this, and we're going to make some money off of this, and we're also going to promote our show. Because here's the thing. If I was William Morris Endeavor, I would have half of my fighters in in a movie yeah. or somebody, because that way they, they would get um, a SAG contract. They would get SAG um, uh Health benefits, Pungent? you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you, you, the 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 movie can do your health benefits for you, you know, and protect your fighters for you. Yeah, you know, I'm, on also, SAG health. Also, I'm on SAG health yeah, insurance. I used to be. I was on SAG health for like ten or twelve years until uh, I had that stroke and I couldn't qualify the following year. And then boom, they drop me. Drop me. They like drop you, ass. boy. They drop you as fast as they can, too. I'll tell you. Oh, that. Yeah, they they drop. Yeah. They drop me once, and then I got it back. So, but it's like, oh, sorry, didn't make it on time. That's it. So, 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 yeah, so Greg, yeah. uh, Don Greg. So a couple of weeks ago, before uh, I'll change the topic a little bit before I. Fucking well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that William Morris, William Morris, could be or the UFC could be um, helping these guys out with physical. Um, with the physical benefits, you know, yeah. um, through SAG. Is what I, I completely agree. It, they, they could do all, all kinds of stuff with the, with, and that's what I'm trying to do with MMA with the uh, UFC Comedy Jam. It's basically give fighters a chance to show a different side of them, be funny. You know how many people told me, dude, I never liked this guy until I watched him. You know, Frank Yeager was hilarious and Cejudo was amazing. And, and this and that one, you know, as opposed to other stuff. Anyway, so before uh, I left for the cruise, I took my daughter to the uh, Sparks game. So I get the free Sparks tickets, right? Which at this point is the worst team in the league, especially since they're playing they're play divorce the team, that they're, you're allowed to divorce the team. Oh, right, yeah. So they have an MC there. And the MC goes, everyone stand up. And they're like, nobody sits. So they score their first basket. 
And I look at my buddy. I'm like, we're not oh, the whole oh, <laughs> like, we're yeah. not be here for two weeks. Oh, I wish I wore comfortable shoes because we we're going to be standing for a while. Uh, so that was on Thursday. Then Friday, I took my daughter to, and wife to go see Smokey Robinson at the OC State Fair, who mm-hmm. is 82 years old, puts Oof. on an incredible show. Like, yeah. it's just hit after hit. And, you know, the guy wrote my well, his body's 82. His face is 55. <laughs> But this dude wrote My Girl. He wrote, mm-hmm. like, I mean, the they don't make him like Smokey Robinson anymore. Uh, it nope. was the most. And my daughter. The guy, the, guy, the guy can still sing. Yeah. Yeah. He's 82, but he can still sing. Still sing yeah. and yeah. dance and the whole thing. He's, right. So that was yeah. that, that was Friday. Yeah, great. It was amazing. And my, my daughter was yelling, well, what should we tell Smokey? Like, she was screaming. We were all in. Like, she like he could hear us. Um, <laughs> then, uh, then. Saturday, I go, I open for Russell Peters, right? At the uh, Microsoft Theater. 6,000 people, like fucking packed. And I, I wasn't even nervous, Greg, because I'm like, look, even if half the crowd laughs, that's still 3,000 people. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I'm more nervous if like there's 20 people, <laughs> like and 10 people laugh. It sounds like 10 people. But man, it was uh, Laughlin Patterson opened up because I thought I was going to have to go, go on cold. And I was like, but I went on and I just, dude, it was, uh, it was amazing. It was like, it was like higher than any drug. It was just like, and then Russell went on after me and fucking killed. Did an hour and a half of new shit that I'd never heard. Um, and he, like, saved, he saved the show. Yeah, he saved the show. <laughs> I took my wife and kid. Uh, it was that was like probably one of the best experiences I ever had as a comic. And like it was, I never thought I'd play the Microsoft Theater. Uh, so that was uh, that was awesome. And then Sunday I took my kid to Disneyland, which. Disneyland is just, you just basically wait an hour and a half on every line with other miserable parents. For yeah, like- there's entertainment. There's entertainment because they have the fights. They have fights in between the rides. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that, and uh, and then every character. There's, there's more they- fights. There's more fights, exciting fights going on there than are on the UFC shows. Dude, and then every character now is making sure to say hi to every kid. Because now they're like saying like. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Now like, they got in one. trouble for the ignoring the black kids. So then I had a, I had a show for uh, for rabbis, right? I got Scott Bayo got me. He's friends with a bunch of rabbis. And uh, it was a rat. It was. Is he Jewish? <laughs> no. But, I didn't think so. He's an Italian, right? <laughs> very conservative rabbis, right? So they hired me to. The, the rabbis were roasting each other, and I did comedy before that, right? Which, by the way, a rabbi roast goes on way too long because they don't just roast you. It's like a whole like service with a roast in between. It was like a typical, um, you know. And, and I, there was some women there, and I called them the Real Housewives of Jer- of uh, Jerusalem. And I was just, it was just one of those. But that actually went pretty well. I had to be super clean. Um, and then, uh, the cruises have been good. The cruises have been good. Although one lady, so I did, you know, 4,000 people came to the shows over the hands, two people complained. Of course I heard about it because I do a joke about how I was at a porta party with my kid and it was just pee everywhere. So I'm like holding her up, my daughter thinking that she'll like pee in the thing. Of course she pees all over me and R Kelly was playing. So a woman got, <laughs> told that she goes, I, I got offended by his R. Kelly kid joke about his and I'm like, well, get me out of R. Kelly. What the fuck you want from me? You know, but of course, yeah. but of course, you know, 200 people laugh and two get mad. And then that's what I fucking focus on. Um, and then as far as and then there was a I did a show for uh, it's like for some reason on this cruise, it's the black line dancing club. So it's it's all. <laughs> 
like 600 blind people that are all line dancing, like from different towns uh, and different. And they like wherever you go, just line dancing. Wait, did you like, wait, wait? Did you see the black line dancing or black blind dancing? No, no, line dancing. Line dancing. Oh. But don't worry, next week he's going to the white break dancing convention. So yeah. uh, the, it's all going to even. Black- Black blind line dancing, yes. So like you, you think you're online for like for like stuff like food, and all of a sudden everyone starts breaking out and doing these fucking line dancing. So I went to the club, I just stepped in. Line dancing's and- fun, I'm not gonna lie. Listen, line dancing's a good time. I, you know, you know. Dude, I went to the club. now two to the left, now kick to the right, now working on down. Now break it on up. I love it. It's fun. It's like I go to the nightclub. It's like 300 black people. It's like stealing hubcaps. And then, and then, um, oh boy. And then, and like the middle of it, there's the guy in charge of the line dancing. So he's going like this way. Yeah. And and everyone's looking at him and following whatever this guy does. He's like the Pied Piper. Sure. (laughs) Then this woman comes to my show, right? And, uh, and she's like, hey, uh, you were really funny, man. You talk about your daughter. She's three. Wait till she turns 16. She's going to be out of control like mine. I'm like, oh, okay. I go, what do you do for work? For, for first, she, she goes up there. She starts, she, starts, she starts freaking me, right? Like putting her butt in like, and I'm like, this is like at the piano bar. She starts putting her butt on my, she's like, my husband. Can't have that. Because my husband told me to do that, right? When she tells me her daughter is out of control. And I was like, oh, what do you do for work? She goes, I suck. I suck his dick. It's <laughs> <laughs> good work if you can get it. Yeah, is your is your daughter uh taken up after you? <laughs> yeah, like of course, of course, she's out of control. Like she told me she's sucking dick for for work. Uh, I know, and you're like, let me just go to the ATM. I, uh... <laughs> so that was what I've been doing. Well, what's your what's your best move, sweetheart? <laughs> yeah, and of course, like they put my cabin right above the nightclub, right? So every oh, night, awesome. every night I hear boop. My fucking bed is moving. It's like, I can't do it. And I had an audition for a Michael Rapport TV show, right? Nine pages. So I, oh had, to do that. I had to do that on the cruise. So that's, it's just, it's just been a, you know, that's, that's been my life the last two weeks. So I just wanted to let you know how, how I'm doing. Wait, who's your, who's your agent? Uh, Joseph Greenberg is my manager. Wade Morris, Wade Morris. Does no, why? Do you, do you have a, God. do you have a manager getting you out, Don? No, I don't. No, I don't. Do you, do you want one? Uh, yeah, I need one. Yeah. All right. Send me your, send me your, as long as he, send me your real pics. <laughs> For real. I don't have a real. <laughs> yeah, you do. I don't have a real. I have a real. He has, a, he has a legend. He has a legend. You don't That's have like, the, no, just cut up like scenes from the Godzilla stuff, cut up scenes from your Priceline commercial, cut up scenes from your movies, put them together because what's going to happen is an audition is going to come in. And then they're gonna go, and then and then the manager will submit your picture, and then also your reel, and then they'll watch it and go, "This guy's fucking great." But they're not just gonna like, "Oh shit, I know him from." They might, some of them might, but a lot of them won't. So I was in Vegas for yeah, a week, well, I know. which uh, you know, this was this is my first time doing a full <laughs> week in Vegas since the heart thing. Yeah, and so I had to really I had to keep the brakes on a lot more than ever before, which was go. really hard. I, I I did I did pretty good. I got to be honest. I came back in better condition than I've ever come back from a week in Vegas, but I also had some of the best shows I've ever had in my life in Vegas. And one of them, I'm on stage, and I'm this girl. These people say they're from Canada, and I start talking about how in Canada they don't have paper dollars; they have one dollar coins and two dollar coins. So when you go to the strip club, 
you can't, you know, oh, yeah, you gotta throw, awesome, you yeah. gotta throw coins at them like they're a fountain. And this girl's like, oh, this girl, I used to be, a, her, the mom is like, she used to be a stripper. And she's like, yeah, and one of the strippers used to put a, a, a shot glass in her butt. You had to throw it into, you know, and score it into her cheeks. And I'm like, oh, we have to do this. <laughs> and so, yes. And so I brought her on stage. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, then, and the video is up right now on my Instagram at Greg Romero Wilson. Go right now and you will see me throwing quarters into this girl's butthole I love on that. stage by the way, Greg, at the I LA love, Comedy Club in Los Angeles. I love you putting up your stuff, by the way, because I've been doing the same thing. It's like, yeah, put up a minute. Dude, that happened last night. Not as crazy as you. But there was a mother there and a daughter and this and that. And the woman was like, girl's 25, birthday. I was calling them the real housewives of Paxil because they wouldn't stop fucking talking, you know? And then she's like, the mom was like 50 something. She goes, you want this sweet ass? I go, yeah, okay. And then she gets up and starts twerking. Like, like her ass bending her over, huge ass. I mean, like, like Yokozuna kind of, not that big, but like a big ass, right? And then wait, I was, wait. Can I, can I ask, can I ask, uh, what color was this guy? White, white, white. Okay. Wow. So, wow. So then I looked at her, <laughs> I looked at her and I go, I think I just got monkey pox. Yeah. Nice. She got, so beat, I, she got beat up with a bag of quarters. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, but this is the stuff. This is why people need to go see live comedy because live comedy versus just seeing clips and stuff. I mean, you don't, you don't get to experience no, it. No, and not. when you get to experience it, it is so much bigger and so much more fun than you could ever imagine more than you could ever find on YouTube or into, it just isn't the same watching a special on Netflix, watching it up right. You're not getting the experience that's, that's of the live thing. comedy. Like, you got to get out to your club and you got to see comedy live. Especially comics like me and you, because we do a lot with the crowd and, you know, like, like I always said, like, look, there's comics out there that uh, like like Todd Barry. Todd Barry is a great writer and a great comedian. But on in, in the room, it's like he everything is kind of scripted and he doesn't like he doesn't go off track. And it's funny. It's, it kills. But on TV, it looks fucking amazing because the, the writing is so good. Yeah. Ian Bag is a guy who every fucking show is in 5000 different places. It's the most brilliant shit you've ever seen. It doesn't translate as much there on TV as Todd yeah. Barry. I have a much better time at Ian Bag show than a Todd Barry show. Absolutely. But, but watching it, you're like, okay, uh, I don't Yeah, stronger writers work better on television and video and, and streaming. And then stronger performers, you know, you can really feel them in the room and they're going to yeah. blow those guys out of the water. It's yeah. just a different experience and people just need to go back to the comedy clubs and, and feel it, enjoy themselves and enjoy what it's like to really laugh your fucking ass off to hurt from laughing they, you know, we got to get that, bring that back. Yeah. But you can't, but you can't, you can't do that anymore without offending somebody. No, you can, because you, can. you laughed at, you laughed at something that offended me and I was upset and I went home and I peed my bed, you know, because <laughs> I just, I just couldn't contain the sorrow that was. Well, more and more, more and more comedy clubs now are having uh, announcements saying, listen, you know, you, you're going to be offended. If you're easily offended, this is not the show for you. Um, yeah. Get the fuck out. Get yeah. the fuck out. Yeah. And stay home. Stay home. You know. So uh, Greg, what do you got coming up? Uh, this weekend, I will be in El Paso at the El Paso comic strip uh, Thursday through Sunday. So join me there. That's what's up. Don, what do you got? 
Oh, wait, 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 wait. Sorry, Don, 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 really quickly. One other thing, September 16th, 17th. September 6th is the, it's a brand new festival, the Just Just Another Comedy Fest in Flagstaff, Arizona, the Orpheum Theater. I am the inaugural first first up headliner on September 16th. So if you're in Arizona, my friends down in Tucson, my friends in Phoenix, come on up to Flagstaff. We're going to be partying all weekend. Uh oh, that sounds like a that sounds like a challenge to me. It is, Don. <laughs> it is. So wow, it is. Uh, looks like I'm going to Flagstaff. Hey. September 16. Come on up. September 16. Don, what do you got? Uh, uh, I'm just stealing hubcaps at the uh, comedy <laughs> show in Flagstaff. You know, while everybody's there laughing at Greg Wilson. Him and I cut the profits, you know. That's right. That's I, I right. Still, in fact, that's that's where I make most of my money. Yeah, yeah. I steal batteries <laughs> and hubcaps, and then uh, you know, we we cut we cut it. Yeah, yeah. We split it real good. What are you doing? Are you going uh, on? I'm going to be in Dallas this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the uh, House of Comedy in Dallas, Texas, and then I'm in Las Vegas at the Tropicana. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday at the Trot. Uh, so, and uh, if you're in LA, Pinned, my show has got uh, it. Actually, won at the um, the real uh, the real comedy festival, the real uh, the real Housewives of Comedy Independent festival. Real Comedy Festival, and it's going to be screening at the LA Live at the uh, at next Saturday night at the LA Live at the Hollywood Real Independent Film Festival. Uh, and you won't be there. And I will be there Saturday. We'll be there. I will okay. be there. Good. I'll be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. So uh, thank you guys so much. Love you guys. See you guys soon. You're the best.